discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified. Father, thank you for this evening. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you for your precious Holy Spirit who is here with us. Teach us. Thank you for great impacts that is made in our lives tonight. Living in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Welcome to tonight's service. Tell anybody you're welcome. You love Jesus. Well, I've been sharing concerning grace, right? Have you learned anything so far? Do you have any questions so far? <laughs> grace has made everything what? Available, isn't it? The grace of God has made everything available. Hallelujah. Say the grace of God has made everything available. Say it once again. The grace of God has made everything available. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Ephesians 2, 8. And we are in the dispensation of grace. We are in a dispensation where God is helping humanity. Where God is, is working on your behalf. Where God is pushing you to produce results. Where God gives you instructions to obey and he is inside you to help you obey those instructions. So there's nothing like, I cannot any longer. Now that you are born again and now that you are under the dispensation of grace, you can do all that God wants you to do. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Now, that particular thing was something that was not existent in the Old Testament. There was no Christ in them to strengthen them. Hallelujah. But in the New Testament, we become the vessels of God. In 1 Corinthians 3, verse 16. Look at 1 Corinthians 3, 16. The Bible says that, Knowing not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you, he says, don't you know that you're the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? Right now you have been made the temple of God. That is the grace of God. The grace of God has made you the temple of God. And the Holy Spirit is inside you. Look at the next verse. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy. Which temple ye are? Next verse. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seem to be wise, in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. Okay, go to chapter 6. Let's read from verse 16. 16. What know you not that he which is joined to an hallowed is one body? For two seeth he shall be one flesh. Verse 17. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Verse 18. Flee fornication. Go down. I want, to, I want you to see verse 19. Look at verse 19. What knowing not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, then he says, and you are not your own. You were bought at a price. For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Have you seen it? Yeah. Go back to verse 19 once again. 
He says, what knowing not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, the Holy Spirit is in you. Tell me about the Holy Spirit is in you. It is the work of Christ that made that possible. Please you understand. Remember, Jesus is full of grace and truth. Jesus is the manufacturer of grace and the bringer of the grace of God. Okay? And all that he did is the grace of God. All that he did is God at work. The Bible says that God was at work in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. So as Christ was moving around, God was working in him. Hallelujah. Yeah, so everything you ever need in your life has been provided for. It's all inside. Everything you ever need in your life has been provided for and is all inside. How was it provided for? Because of Christ, what Christ did. Because of what Jesus did on the cross. Do you see? Because of what Jesus did on the cross, everything is made available. You are now made the temple, the temple of the Holy Spirit. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. 2 Corinthians 6, 14. It says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? He calls you righteousness and he calls them unrighteousness. It says, For what fellowship has righteousness with what? With unrighteousness. Why? Because the grace of God has made you righteous. Did you become righteous on your own? No, the grace of God. God's work in Christ. Grace is God at work. And God's work in Christ is what produced righteousness. I showed it to you. Isn't it? In Romans chapter 3 verse 20, it talks about how that therefore by the doings of the law or by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified or there shall no flesh be declared not guilty before his, before his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Then it says, but now, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. The righteousness of God without the law, it has nothing to do with the law, is manifested. Being witnessed or spoken of by the law and the prophets. Then it says, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Which is by faith of Jesus Christ. So all you need to do is to believe in Jesus Christ. If you believe in Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, and his resurrection, and his ascension, you are made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He says that even now, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. So we are made righteous. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For he made him to be sin who knew no sin. For he has made him to be sin who knew no sin. So that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So the grace of God is what brings righteousness into effect. Please, you understand? Yeah. You don't need to do anything for it. You, you do anything to become righteous. You are accepted in the beloved. You are accepted before God now. Not because of what you do or do not do, but because of what Jesus did. You are accepted because of somebody. His name is Jesus. Please, you understand? In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, I'm quoting a lot of scripture. I'm just trying to back up on what I've said a little and then add up some things to it today, okay? It says, but of him are ye in Christ, Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom. Christ is made unto us wisdom. So our wisdom is a person, his name is Jesus. Then it says, and righteousness. Our righteousness is a person, his name is Jesus. What Jesus did is now accounted as what you did. So you are not accepted before God because of you, but you are accepted because of Jesus Christ. We are now accepted in the beloved. Look at Ephesians chapter 1. Let's read from 
verse 3. It's nice. So let's just read it from verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. We are not going to be blessed. We've been blessed. See, I've been blessed. See, I'm blessed. <laughs> Remember, everything that God does is perfect. Okay? Everything that God does is what? It's perfect. So God's work in Christ is perfect. It doesn't need additions. It doesn't need any It's complete. It's complete. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. All these things have a very great meaning. I've preached about this several times. Then he says, To the praise of the glory of his grace. He did all that he did to the praise of the glory of his grace. He did it so that we can pray, we can sing praises because of his grace. To the praise. He did all that he did so that his, his grace will have praises. To the praise of the glory of his grace. Wherein he has made us. In his grace he has made us accepted in the beloved. Tell me about I'm accepted. In the beloved. God accepts me. Not because of what I did. But what, because of what Jesus did. So it's, this is a summary of grace. Grace is God has done it, now rest and enjoy. Believe in what God has done and enjoy what he has done for you. Accept what he has done as a reality. Accept the fact that he has made you righteous and live that righteousness. Accept the fact that he has made you dead to sin and you are now alive to God. Accept it. So grace has to do with accepting. You find out what God has done and then you accept it. You accept it is the, it is the fastest means of growth. <laughs> Some people prefer to be told that you are a sinner. You need to be, you are, your righteousness is like filthy rags. Some people prefer uh, uh, for them to be told that they, are not, they don't have wisdom. And that they need to cry on God for wisdom. God is not trying to do anything now. He's done all that he needs to do in Christ. God does not send anything out when he knows it to fail. If these military people know how to... No, there's no missile that is sent out to fail. Every missile sent out has a program inside. It is programmed to succeed. It is programmed for a particular target. And it will definitely hit the target. Especially these heat-sensitive uh, heat rockets, that's the, the missiles that they send. It will track you everywhere, unless you provide another heat somewhere, then it will, it will go there. Yeah, it will follow you wherever you go. And whatever God does is perfect. The new creation man is perfect. Look at, look at uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. Look at what God did. After he created them, what did he do? He blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful. Why should they be fruitful? Because they are the very definition of fruitfulness. He had made them fruitful. So he said, go and be fruitful. Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. Why? He empowered man. He empowered Adam to be fruitful. Whatever he touches will be fruitful. Whatever he touches will, will, will work, will multiply. He was a success. He was a bundle of success moving around, happening everywhere. And that's what happens to you in the new creation. You are made fruitful. 
You are not now going to be fruitful. You are made fruitful. By virtue of what Christ has done, you are now fruitful. By virtue of what Christ has done, you are now someone who multiplies everywhere you go. See, I'm a success. success. Happening everywhere. (laughs) So all God desires for you now is for you to know about what has happened to you. That is why we come to church. We come to church so that we can get to know what has happened to us. So that we'll know what has happened to us. And so that we can start acting like we are. Start behaving like we are. That's that's what Christianity is all about. Start acting like you are. We become actors of the word. That's what God says. I believe it. And that settles it. That is my experience. I don't care what is happening around me. My experience is that of what the word of God says. The word says I'm the righteous of God. I'm the righteous of God. The word says I'm healed. I am healed. The word says I have faith. I have faith. The word of God says I am the I am redeemed of God. I'm redeemed of God. The word says that I have the glory of God working in my life. The glory of God is working in my life. So all you do is to agree with what God has done. That is Christianity. That is why we come to church so that we can get to know what God has done and start agreeing. Yeah, yeah that's it. Because as far as God is concerned, He has done all that He's supposed to do. He has made you. He has made you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. See, I'm going forward. I'm going forward. Say it like you mean it. I'm going forward. Say, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. God, God, is not, God is not remiss about, about, about his, his work. He knows what he has done. Yeah. And he wants you to know what he has done. He wants you to know what he has done. We are in the dispensation of grace. And in the dispensation of grace, it says, sin shall not have dominion over you anymore. Yeah. yeah? Sin shall not have dominion over you anymore. Listen, sin ruled. Romans chapter 5. Let's read verse. Verse 12 into verse 14. It says, wherefore, as by one, one man, sin entered into the world. Sin was not there before. It entered on a certain day. What day was that? The day Adam partook of the fruit. On that same day that Adam partook of the fruit, sin entered. Are you in the church? Then it says, sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. How did death pass upon all men? Death passed upon all men because one man did something wrong. Did you, did you ever meet Adam? Who met Adam yesterday? You met him in your dreams last night. Nobody ever met Adam, isn't it? But Adam's wrong was accounted as a wrong of all of humanity. What Adam did made everybody a sinner. Why? Because, of, because all of us were in Adam when he did what he did. You don't need to do much to be a sinner. It's, an, it's a natural gear in which everybody is born into. You don't have to work for it. Children are not, children are not born... Uh, uh, uh. I mean, you, can, you could have a baby, a little baby... And he has a killer look. <laughs> he look at you like this. And then when you try to carry, carry him, say, ah! <laughs> you see that there's something wrong with this baby. He's a man child, I tell you. <laughs> you don't need to do much. Nobody teaches anybody to do wrong. You just know that there's something wrong with you. Because somebody called Adam did something wrong and it affected everybody. In the same way, someone called Christ, someone called Jesus Christ, came to also come and obey. And because you obeyed, all men are made righteous, and all men... Okay, I'm wondering how I should go about it. Go to the next verse. For unto the law sinners in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. 
Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam. Death what reigned. It had the reign. It had the, the sway. It had the rulership. It had the dominion. It had the authority over all of humanity. It reigned from Adam to who? To Moses. Meaning that the death's reign even ended when Moses' law came. When the law of Moses came. He didn't say death reigned from Adam to Jesus. He said death reigned from Adam to Moses. Because when Moses was giving them the law, he said that the law will give you life. Yeah. Even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression. Even though we didn't do what Adam did, death reigned upon all. Who is the figure of him that was to come? Now, jump all the way. Jump all the way to uh, verse 20. Romans 5.20. It says, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. What he's saying is that all that sin did, grace does way more than sin can do. The effect of sin is not, cannot be compared to the effect of grace. <laughs> Look at the next verse, verse 21. That as sin has reigned unto death, sin reigned, so death did not rule on its own. Death ruled because of sin. He says, as sin has reigned unto death, even so might grace reign. He wants grace to reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. So grace rules. This is the reign of grace. Now, it can be real in your life or not real in your life, depending on what you choose to stay under. You can choose to allow sin to become so much in your life, so big in your life. Everything you do, sin, I don't know, I can't sin, I don't know what happens to me before I realize I've done this, before I realize I've done that. Grace is higher. The grace of God around is higher. Meaning that it is now easier to obey God than it is to obey sin. That a sin has reigned unto death. Even so, might grace reign. He says, might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ. So it depends on you. It depends on you. So in verse 17, Romans chapter 5, verse 17, Paul says something very, very beautiful. He says that, for if by one man's offense, if by one man's offense, who is that one man? Adam. If by Adam's offense, death reigned by that one, by that one man and by that one sin that was committed, if death reigned and nobody could do anything about death, no matter what you do, you will die. Now, there are different kinds of death. He's not talking about physical death alone. There are three kinds of death. There's spiritual death, there's physical death, and then there's eternal death. When Adam sinned, before Adam sinned, God told him that if you partake of this tree, you shall surely die. That word you shall surely die is in dying you shall die. You shall have more than one death. Look for it, please. It's in Genesis chapter 2. God told him that when you partake of it, you shall surely die. But when Adam partook of it, when Adam took the fruit, he, did he die instantly? Did he die physically? He didn't die physically. He was, was God lying? God was not lying. God did not lie. Genesis 2, 17. It says, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou, thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. I don't know if you have the Amplified. The Amplified can tell us. This one says, thou shalt surely. It says, surely. The word surely there is actually in dying, you shall die. You shall have multiple deaths. But if you go to chapter 3, when he partook of it, when he ate it, nothing happened to him. The Bible says that his eyes opened and he saw that he was naked. Do you see? So what kind of death did he experience? Because God said, if you eat it, you shall surely die. You shall surely die. What kind of death? He died spiritually. Spiritual death is separation from God. 
separation from God. He was taken away from God. The life he had, the glory he had, he lost it. The relationship he had with God became some way. Uh-huh. So spiritual death is separation from God. Hallelujah. And spiritual death is what leads to physical death. Until you are separated from God. God is the source of life. God is life. Until you are separated from God, you cannot die physically. So Jesus could not die physically. Because Jesus was one with God. Jesus is actually God. As he was moving around, he had no sin in him. He, told, he said that the prince of this world cometh and he has nothing in me. He has no, there's no sin in me. Jesus never, the Bible says that he was tempted in all points. But he was never, he, ne, he was never found with sin. Jesus was a sinless man. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15. For we have not an high priest which cannot be charged with the feeling of our infirmities. But was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. He was tempted like as we are, yet without sin. He was spotless, he was sinless. And therefore he could not die physically. There were so many times Jesus was uh, pushed to death. But he didn't die, physically speaking. On three different occasions, they tried to push him off a cliff. When they, they pushed him, pushed him, pushed him, when they got to the cliff, he vanished. They couldn't find him. He went among them, and they couldn't find him anymore. On three different occasions. They took stones to stone him. When they took the stones and looked, he was not there. He could not die physically. There was no way he could die physically. Do you see? How did he die physically? He died physically when sin was put into him. Second Corinthians 5.21 when sin was put into him, then he could die. He could not have died if there was no sin. So the Bible says that he was made sin. Who knew no sin? Yeah. When he became sin. So on the cross, there was more than, it was, it was more than a physical thing that was happening. It was not just a physical occurrence. There was something highly spiritual that was taking place. If you read the Bible very carefully, the Bible says that Jesus, as soon as he died, had the whole of the heavens became dark. The whole place became dark for three hours. There was no rain. It was dark for three hours. And then after three hours, it cleared up again. Do you see? Sin was put into him. All of the sin of humanity was put into him. In Isaiah chapter 53, he mentions... Let's look at Isaiah chapter 53. I don't know if I'm talking too fast. Just try and follow me, okay? This is a prophecy, a prophecy concerning Jesus Christ and his experience on the cross. And what will happen to him as he dies. This, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a, out of a dry ground. He has no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. That was actually hanged on the, on the cross. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says he was what? He was wounded for our transgressions. And he was bruised for our infirmities. The chastisement that brings us peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Next verse. All we like sheep attend, have gone astray. We have turned out everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Have you seen it? The Lord lay on him the iniquity of us all. The sins of us all. The sin on him, the sin that was put on him was so serious that his face was, his face changed completely. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His whole visit, the sin put on him changed him completely. So that you will be free. Can you imagine? So Jesus could not have died physically until he had spiritual death. When spiritual death came in, then he died physically. The third form of death is eternal death. 
That is eternal separation from God. That one, you are beyond redeemable. You cannot, nobody can help you. If you die spiritually, or when you die spiritually, you can be helped by God. So all of humanity is born with spiritual death because of what Adam did. Because of when Adam, when Adam sinned, his sin produced spiritual death in everybody. That is why everybody is born as a sinner. And everybody, everybody is born separated from God. You need to come back to God. How do you come back to God? Jesus Christ is the one who has provided a new and a living way back to God. So without Jesus, there's no way you can have life. You can be having natural, normal life, but you don't have spiritual life. Please, you understand? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Speak in terms for two seconds. Kola dada basote. Lora ashanama. Kezola. Rake senemi. Eloraba. Palogoshe. Melegasa. Malohose. Melebras. Temeno. Mendoloba. Shandalabaye. Kola baraba. Sondele belebe. Hallelujah. So all those who die, okay, who come on earth and die physically without being made alive spiritually, die eternally. Do you understand? So the born again experience is what makes you alive spiritually and deals with spiritual death. It even deals with physical death. But it's difficult for some people to believe. The Bible says that Jesus has brought immortality. Okay? And life to light. He has dealt with sin in all of its ramifications. He has dealt with spiritual, physical, and eternal death. Now, if you, are, if you come born again, you can't die. You are not supposed to actually die physically. <gasps> That's the truth. Until we start believing it, we will not have that experience. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 10. But it's made now... Is now made manifest by the appearing of our Lord, of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death. He has what? Abolished. He has abolished death. He has dealt with death. Do you understand abolishing? When we say something has been abolished, do you understand that? What does it mean? I thought you did social studies. What does it mean? It's been banned completely. It's been destroyed completely, never to be resurrected. He says he has abolished death. This is what BB, who has put an end to death and made life unending come to life through the good news. Let's read the King James. He says, who has abolished death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So through the gospel, through what he has done, life and immortality has been brought to light. Wow. You see, you, you are having difficulty saying hallelujah. hallelujah. Yeah, because Paul preaches it. Paul talks about it. Paul says, we shall not all die. We shall be changed. Yeah. Those who believe that are the ones who be raptured. So it's either you are raptured or you die as a Christian. Because spiritual death has been dealt with. You don't need to die physically. So you can live as long as you want. It depends on you. Tell me, but don't die, don't die like a chicken. Not when death has been abolished. Yeah. See, I'm not dying now. So if you go for a meeting somewhere and a prophet meets you and tells you that you are going to die, tell him it is his mother that is dying, not you. Yeah, you are not dying. See, I'm not dying. When they tell you, I tell them, ah, death has been dealt with. Jesus abolished death. I am not dying. He satisfies his beloved with long life. 
am the beloved of God. Do you remember I mentioned it to you? Says, yeah, you are, we are now accepted in the beloved. Because I'm accepted in the beloved, I have life and I have long life. I'm not dying today. I'm not dying tomorrow. The Bible says that death is yours. Death should be the last thing you are afraid of. Yeah, because Jesus has abolished death. Haven't you read Hebrews chapter 2? Look at Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14, I think. Hebrews 2 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the, of the same. So that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. The one who had the power of death has been destroyed. Look at the next verse. And delivered them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. He did, he died so that you will never be afraid of death in your life. Say, I'm not afraid of death in my life. Yeah. Death ain't got nothing on me. <laughs> Do you believe it? Yeah. That's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus did. So death is like everybody has to die. Everybody has to go through some decay, some destruction in their life. But the Bible says that that was death's reign. Death ruled and reigned with tyranny. Death has children. Sickness is one of them. Weakness is one of them. Pain is another. All these are the children of... Death is called the king of terrors. King of terrors. Have you found the scripture? He was a king, a tyrant. And he had children. So he affected with weakness. He affected with weakness, sickness, pain. Before he himself comes for you. <laughs> yeah. He affects with sickness, weakness, and pain. Yeah. He's called the king of terrors. He produced terror for everybody. But thank God through Jesus Christ. Thank God for Jesus. Do you believe in, do you believe in Jesus? Ask God about do you believe in Jesus? So no more weakness for you. No more pain for you. Remember, Jesus bore your pain. Jesus bore your weakness. Jesus bore your sickness. He bore your sickness. He's done it. Your sickness, all the sickness that you will ever have in life, Jesus carried it. He carried it on the cross of Calvary. Say, cancer can never dwell in my body. Yeah, he says, his confidence shall be rooted out of his tabernacle and it shall bring him to the king of terrors. The king of terrors is actually death. Job 18, 14. And he had children. He shall be rooted out. Yeah, death. Amplified mentions death. He says, he shall be rooted out of his dwelling place in which he trusted and he shall be brought to the king of terrors. That is death. So death reigned. Death ruled through sin and vice versa. Sin reigned through death. Having this way, like no matter what you do, you can't but do wrong. That was before Jesus came. But now that Jesus has come, you can now do the right thing. You can now live the way God wants you to live. You can now go where God wants you to go. You can now become what God wants you to become. You can now serve God the way God wants you to serve him. It says, for if by one man's offense, death reigned by that one. Death reigned unto, death, unto, unto destruction. Death reigned to bring everybody down. I mean, no matter what you did, you, you had to come down. You had to just come down. Something would just happen. Some pride would just come up. So if you look at some of the old saints of old, you see them going with God, and then something will happen. And then it will bring them down. But not in the New Testament. Not in the New Testament. Tell me, but not in the New Testament. It says, for if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, how much more? Kolada, Lero Kanamade, Senebelo, Kalabashalabai. 
For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, how much more? They which receive abundance of grace. So now it is up to you. Turn it by, it is up to you. Because remember, grace has come. Grace has come. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can produce fruits. I can be effective. Because grace is what I live under. Yeah, I live in grace. We live under grace. We live in grace. Look at Titus chapter 2, verse 12. Titus 2, 12. Let's read from verse 11. It's nice from verse 11. It says that for the grace of God, that bringeth salvation. The grace of God, that's what? Brings salvation. It brings what? Salvation. What is salvation? Last week, Pastor Ivan was talking about soteria. It means healing. It means health. It means strength. It means righteousness. It means all the good things you could ever think about. Soteria is a total package. Zoe Soteria, it talks about a total package. Sozo, total package. It's all for us. Every single thing that you need, your healing is inside. Your wealth is inside. Your growth is inside. Your righteousness is inside. Your sanctification is inside. Your development is inside. Your fruitfulness is inside. Are you born again? Ask anybody, are you born again? What did he say? If you are born again, then all that you ever need in your life is inside. He's put everything inside. He's put all that you ever need inside. It's the truth. He's put everything inside. He says that for the grace of God, that brings us salvation. That, this is it's similar to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Look at Ephesians 2, 8. For by grace, for by grace are what? For by grace are you saved through faith. So grace makes it available. Your faith takes it. God has made everything available. How do you experience it practically for yourself? Through faith. And through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I'll talk about that. Hallelujah. God has made everything available in Christ. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ is the one who brings it. The love of God. Hmm? 2 Corinthians 13, 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the Lord Jesus Christ who brings it. He brings the grace of God. He's the one who did everything. For God was in Christ. Working. God was working in Christ. <laughs> he brings the grace. The Father has the love. The Father is the bringer of the love. For God so loved the world. He didn't say for Jesus so loved the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. First John 3, 1 John 3.1. Behold, what man of love? The Father has bestowed upon us. The Father is in charge of the love. The Son is in charge of the grace. He's in charge of the grace. The Son is in charge of the grace. And he's brought, if you accepted the Son, all that grace comes with has been given to you. This grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. For the law is given by Moses, John 1, 17. But grace and truth came by who? By Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's full of grace and truth. That's verse 14. Look at verse 14. John 1, 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we built his glory. The glory as of, as of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace. Jesus is full of grace. Have you accepted Jesus as a lot of pastors today? He's full of grace. And he has come into your life with all the grace that you need in your life. Now it is up to you to receive it. It is up to you to receive the grace. It is up to you to receive more. To lambano more. To take advantage of more for yourself. So what do you need in your life? Ask about what do you need in your life? Maybe you notice that you are falling short with the, along the lines of, of healing. Or along the line of sin. You know that you are struggling with this particular thing. When God talks about sin in the New Testament, he talks about it in a very different way. 
As though it's something you can just do away with. Because you can just do away with it. Because you have ability to just do away with it. Go back to that place. Oh, this is nice. I don't know if you're enjoying the word. It says, for the grace of God, Titus 2.11, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all men. That's appeared unto all men. And it does something. The grace of God produces something. It says, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. The grace of God brings you, okay, it teaches you to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. So, grace does not mean that now you can do whatever you want to do. Because I've been forgiven for all that I, I ever did. And all that I will ever do. That's what grace means. Grace means that you've been forgiven for all that you ever, you ever did. For all that you are doing today. And for all that you will ever do. You've been forgiven. Can you imagine? Wow. Is that not nice? You've been, you've been forgiven for everything that you will ever do. But the grace of God teaches you. It has a teaching. If what you're experiencing the grace of God, it will teach you to deny ungodly lusts. Eh? To deny ungodliness and worthy lusts. Then it says, it will teach you to live soberly. It will teach you to live righteously. And it will teach you to live godly in this present world. And it will teach you more. Look at the next verse. Looking for that blessed hope. And the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. It is only the grace of God that can help you forget about sin. And start looking unto Jesus. The author and finisher of your faith. And start expecting his coming. You know when we say that Jesus is coming, some people don't want to hear it. Is it true? Yeah. Why don't they want to hear it? Because they know that there's something wrong with them. Why is there something wrong with them? Because they've not received grace. The grace that they need to live the way God wants them to live. Don't set grace aside. We are in the dispensation of grace. This is what God is ruling by. This is what God is leading by. This is the time to allow God to help you. To allow God to live in you. And help you live the way he wants you to live. This is the time. This is the time. <laughs> this is the time. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 1. Look at 2 Corinthians 6 1. We then as workers together with him beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. He says don't receive the grace of God the word in vain. Next verse. For he said I have heard thee in a, in a time accepted. And in the day of salvation have I helped thee. The word to call this help. In the day of salvation have I helped thee. This grace. In the day of salvation I have helped you. God is ready to help you. God is helping you. God is at work in you, both to will and to do of his own good pleasure. Don't you understand? For, for, he, has, for he said, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and the day of salvation have I helped thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now is the time. Is the time of salvation. Now is the, is the period of grace. That's what he's talking about. It's now. If you are ever going to live for God, it is now. If you are ever going to be able to live the way God wants you to live, it is now. Not tomorrow, it is now. Why? Because grace is ruling. Grace is ruling. Why is grace ruling? And what is it ruling for? Grace is ruling so that you can reign in life. Go back to Romans chapter, chapter 5, verse 17. For if by one man's offense, you didn't need to, you didn't need to do anything to do wrong. It was natural. It wasn't natural. Someone said it was natural. It was natural. You don't need to do much. But immediately you become born again. It is now natural to start obeying God. It is now natural to start living right. It is now natural to start doing the right thing. It is now natural to start fulfilling the law. Can you imagine? 
It is now natural to live the way God says to live. Why? Because God is now inside you. The lawgiver is now inside you to obey his own laws. Why are you in it? You are nowhere in it. You are not tell anybody you are nowhere in it. Romans chapter 11. Romans chapter 11, last verse. Yeah, of, for of him and through him, Romans eleven thirty six. for of him, for of God, everything, the word of means to originate. Everything comes from God. Everything comes from God, including your life, including what you are living now, comes from God. And all things go through him and through him. And to him are all things. To him be glory, to him be glory forever and ever. He says, for of him, for of him, that is everything originated from him, and through him, and to him are all things. To whom be glory forever and ever. Who are you inside? Where are you inside? You are nowhere inside. Meaning that everything that you have in you as a child of God came from him. And everything that you are, you are living, all your life is going to be through him. And all your life is going to terminate in him. So where are you in it? He started it. Paul said, I am confident of this very thing. That he who has begun a good work in you will perform it. God is at work. Tell me about God is at work. Grace is God at work in you. Being confident of this very Philippians 1.6. Being confident of this very thing. That he which has begun a good work in you. Who is the one who began a good work in you? Did you, did you decide to be saved? Did you work to be saved? Who saved you? Jesus saved you. God saved you, right? He says, allow him to live through you. So when sin presents itself, what do you do? I don't have hands to, to do what they say I should do. I don't have legs for it. Because my legs are God's legs. My hands are God's hands. Being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in us, shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He will, he's able to bring you. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24. Faithful is he that calleth you. Who also will do it? He has called you. He will do it. <laughs> Hallelujah. He has called me. He will help me live the way he wants me to live. He has called me. He will bring me before him. Perfect in love. Look at the next verse. Look, go to verse 23. Verse 23 is nice. And the very God of peace sanctify you holy. Who is going to do it? He said, the very God of peace sanctify you what? And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who is going to do it? God. God. So stop worrying. You have been preventing God from doing what he wants to do with you. Don't be like the Jews. Look at Romans chapter 10 verse 1. Don't be like the Jews at all. Because they have set aside what God has done. And they are trying to do their own thing. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Next verse. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. They have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Why? Because, next verse. For they be ignorant of God's righteousness. And going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Tell me about submit to the righteousness of God. There's nothing you can do to please God. There's nothing. He says that you can't do it. I have done it in Christ for you. What is your problem? Start saying to yourself, I'm the righteousness of God. 
instead of thinking that you are a sinner and that you are a wrong person and that you can't do anything for yourself, you can't help yourself, you can't stop doing some things, start thinking that I'm the righteousness of God. Because as a man thinketh and starts, so is he. What you are thinking is what will defeat you. Because you think you are a sinner and you think you are wrong, you always have a problem. Yeah? Because you think you are not accepted before God. When sickness comes, you can't even address the sickness. You can't talk to the sickness and tell it to go. Because you feel that maybe it's because of what you did that has brought this particular thing. Even if some, you did something and it brought, it brought the sickness, God is still for you. And God still likes you. And that thing can live your life completely. Because according to God, he has healed you completely. Rise up with your authority and address that particular sickness. For that sickness to live your life completely. First Peter 2.24, he says, Who his own self bear our sins. Jesus bear our sins in his own body on the tree. That we being dead to sins. We are dead to sins, brother. Tell the brother, I'm dead to sin. And I'm alive to God. He says that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness. Then he says, by whose stripes ye were healed. By whose stripes ye were healed. Not you are going to be healed. You were healed. So God has already done it. See, I was healed a long time ago. So when you see sickness there, when you see something in your body, what should you do? Should you go, t- go around telling everybody, I don't know, I don't know, this pain is so much, it's, it's giving me problems, I don't know. If you know who you are in Christ, if you know what the grace of God has done, if you know what God has done in Christ, you rise up with your authority and tell sickness and that pain that you don't, you don't belong here. Death has been dealt with. This is a child of death. It is not supposed to be in my body. Come on, get out in Jesus' name. And it will go out. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a shout. It is something to shout about, I tell you. I'm free. I'm free to serve God. I'm free to serve God. Because God has done all that he needs to do. Now I'm free. Yeah. I'm free to be a servant of God. I'm free to serve God. Yeah. Sin shall not have dominion over me. Look at Romans chapter 5, verse 17. For if by one man's offense, Charlie, you didn't do anything wrong. Charles, did you do anything to do wrong? You didn't do anything to do wrong. Sin was just having its way. When sin says go, you go. When it says come, you come. He's ruling. He's ruling. And there are Christians who are having that experience right now because they don't know what I'm telling you now. They don't know that sin is not supposed to have rulership over them. Keep your finger here. Go to Romans chapter 6. Let's read from verse 10. He says, For in that he died, for in that Jesus died, he died. Remember, Jesus is grace, right? So in that he died, he died unto sin what? Once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. He lives unto God. If you die, God forbid. You are not telling me I'm not dying. But when someone, if someone dies, or when someone dies, is he alive to this world anymore? He's alive, but not in this world, in another world. If you were owing him here on earth, it's a bad debt. It's finished. Ashegu. <laughs> Is it true? Yeah. Is it true? Yeah. He says that in the world of sin, you, you died. You died in the world of sin. Just as nobody can collect his money from you, from someone who has died. In the same way, sin cannot have any dominion over you now. Why? Because you died in the world of sin. When Christ died unto sin once, go back. He says, for in that he died, he died unto sin once. He died once unto sin. 
But in that he labored, he labored unto God. We all died in him. And when he rose from the dead, we died unto sin once. And when he rose from the dead, he rose from the dead in the world of God, not in the world of sin any longer. So he says, you too, likewise, likewise, reckon ye yourselves, you also yourselves, to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Our Lord. I'm now alive to God. My instruments are now alive to God. It is easier for me to say no. It is easier for me to do what God wants me to do, than it takes for sin to, do, to tell me what to do. Say I'm alive unto God. I'm dead to sin. And I'm alive to God. And so even if everybody's fornicating, minus me. Minus me. I'm not like that. That is not me. I died to fornication once. I'm now alive unto righteousness. Look at the next verse. Verse 12. Let not sin reign in your mortal body. He says, don't allow sin to reign in your mortal body. That is, you obey it in the last thereof. Don't let sin tell you what to do. It's time to watch porn. Then you need to take your phone. Don't let sin reign. Don't let sin rule. You are no more under the rulership of sin because you died unto sin. It says reckon. Put it to your account. The word reckon is logizoma. It means to put to your account. To put it to your account. Likewise, reckon you also yourselves. To be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Next verse. Let no sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the last day of. Verse 13. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God, as those that, as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. So now my members, my body, is now an instrument of righteousness unto God. My body is for righteousness unto God. Tell me about my body. It's for righteousness unto God. My body is not unto sin. It's not for sin unto death. My body is for righteousness unto God. You understand what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's what your body is for now. Next verse. Then it says for sin shall not have dominion over you. The dominion of sin has been dealt with, brother. Sin is not a problem anymore. Some time ago, you couldn't help yourself. But now that you're born again, you can help yourself. Why? Because God is inside you. You are now a child of God. Grace is working in your life. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Why? For ye are not under the law, but you are now under grace. We are now under the rulership of grace. We are not under the rulership of, of, of the law anymore. We are now under the rulership of grace. So now it is consistent with my nature to live the way God wants me to live. Remember, sin, death, the law, all brought sickness and disease. There were cases that were related to, to the law. More than 90% of the, the cases related to the law had sickness in there. He tells them you shall be inflicted with bowels. All kinds of all kinds of interesting cases. Sickness related. So when you see sickness, it's a reflection of death and of sin. Meanwhile, you are no more under sin and death. You are now under grace. The reflection of grace is health, is strength, is perfection in your body. So what do you do to sin when you see it? What do you do to sickness when you see it? Sickness is just the way you handle sin is the same way you should handle sickness. Yeah. Are you in the church? See, I'm under grace. I'm not under law. I'm under grace. I'm no more under the law. Go back to Romans chapter 5, verse 17. Oh, hallelujah. For if by one man's offense, death reigned by one. Death ruled. How 
much more? How much more? Tell me, but how much more? How much more? What is raining now? Grace is raining, right? It's not sin that is raining. Some people think that sin is raining. Sin is not raining. Sin has been dealt with a long time ago. It is now grace that is raining. Death is not raining. Life is what is raining. Because Jesus came. He brought life. He brought grace. That is what is raining now. That is what is around now. If you had the whole place having mangoes some time ago, and all the mangoes were taken away, and oranges have oranges come. Do you still have mangoes there? So why are you acting as though there's still mangoes? So he says you must recognize now that there are no more there are no more mangoes. It's now oranges that are around. But because people are used to mangoes, they, they still think the oranges are mangoes. It's not mangoes. It's now oranges. He says now recognize the fact that it is now what is ruling, what is animating you now is grace. God is animating you now. Initially, sin was animating you. Sin was pushing you to do all kinds of things. But now grace is pushing you to do the right thing. How much more they which receive abundance of grace? He didn't say the abundance of grace. Meaning that you can receive as much grace as you want. How much more they which receive abundance of grace? And of the gift of righteousness, they shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. So to have dominion in life, to have dominion over poverty because poverty was one of the curses of the law and one of the one of the products of death and sin now death sin law everything has been dealt with what is now available grace righteousness is what is available grace and righteousness is what's available now he says how much more this if sin ruled how much more now all those who receive abundance of grace, abundance of the workings of God, abundance of what God has done in Christ, abundance, in other words, boost your knowledge in Christ. Boost your knowledge concerning what God has done for you in Christ. Boost your knowledge concerning what God has done. 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 18. It says, but grow in grace. He wants you to grow in grace, but grow in grace. Meaning that you can increase in the consciousness of the grace of God for your life. You can increase in the consciousness of what God has done in Christ. The more you know, the more you enjoy. He says, how much more they which receive abundance of grace. Abundance of grace. Abundance of grace. Abundance of what God has done for them. More knowledge of what God has done for them. I'm a child of God. Instead of saying, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. What is all this? Every time I try to make an attempt to go forward, I don't go forward. Things are happening to me. He says, how much more they would receive abundance of grace? When you make a step and you have a problem, don't say, I have a problem. Start saying, grace is made available for me to jump over this problem. I have grace. I receive grace. I lambano grace. I take grace. How do you take grace? By faith. By faith. What is faith? Faith is, I have not seen it. Maybe you are doing something wrong. Maybe you know you're a child of God, but then you're doing something wrong. You can't help. It's like you can't help yourself. It's like that is becoming your reality. Don't say it. Don't say that. That is becoming my reality. It's becoming my reality now. No, no. I'm a child of God. 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 I don't do this. I am higher than this. The life of God is working in me. The glory of God is working in me. The grace of God is working upon my life. I have ability. God is at work in me. Both to will and to do of his own good pleasure. That is how you receive more grace. You receive, he says, as you receive grace, what will happen? You shall begin to reign over that particular problem. You shall begin to reign over that problem. 
You reign over that problem. Since they shall reign in life. The Greek word is they shall king. They shall king in life. Look at the amplified. Look at the amplified. Catch this thing. It's very important. It's very important. Or else you see that something will put you down. For a long time. Sickness will put you down for a long time. Shame, pain will put you down for a long time. When they are not supposed to put you down. It's like you are limited. You are not supposed to be limited. Receive abundance of grace. Receive more grace. Listen, there's, there's one thing God is giving now. He's giving out grace. He's giving out grace. He says he giveth more grace. God giveth more grace. He gives more grace. He gives more grace. What is grace? God is at work. God has done it. God is at work. God has done it and he's at work. To make sure what he has done shows what in my life. All I need to do is to agree with what he has done. I need to agree with what he has done. So, next week I'm going to, I'm going to talk about working on your believing. You have to work on your believing. How to work on your believing. To have the word of God show forth around you. Paul said, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. The word of his grace has ability to build you up. He says that it is profitable for the heart to be established in grace. And not in meat and all of that. It's, it's important for you to be established in the grace. No more about it. Growing grace. Growing grace. Tell me about growing grace. Growing grace. Not growing something else. Just growing grace. Growing grace. Growing grace. Grow, grow in the knowledge of what he has done. Agree with it. Grow in agreeing with what God has done. I am not a sinner. I am the righteousness of God. I am not the sick. I am the healed. I am not the condemned. I am the glorified. The Bible says that there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Are you in Christ? Are you in Christ? Yeah. There's no condemnation for you now. You're a child of God. You're a child of destiny. Your future is only bright. Your future is only bright. It can only get better and greater by the day. Your future can only get better and greater by the day. You can only go higher and higher and higher and higher. I am not the poor. I am the wealthy. I am not the poor. I'm the wealthy. Your environment may tell you that your environment may tell you that you are poor, but you refuse to accept that particular fact. The truth of God's word is higher than that fact. I'm a child of God. Prosperity is mine. He says, those who receive abundance of grace and walk in the gift of righteousness. Walk in the gift of righteousness. The fact that you have, been, you have a right standing with God because of the action of grace, because of the action of God in Christ, now you have the right. You are now accepted before God. It's so important. You must know that you are accepted before God. You must understand God's, God's predisposition to, towards you now. What is God thinking when he thinks about you? When he looks at you, he doesn't see someone who is in trouble. He sees someone who has a victory. When he looks at you, he doesn't see someone who is going down. He sees someone who is up because he's seated together with you. That's what he sees. Now, how are you seeing yourself? Start seeing yourself the way God sees you. It's called receiving grace. How much more they which receive grace? The abundance of grace. Abundance of grace. Eh? For if because of one man's trespass, lapse, offense, death reigned through that one. How much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace? God's unmerited favor. Unmerited favor. Well, guess what? 
it is a favor that we didn't merit when we were outside of Christ. But now that we are in Christ, it is legal. It is now merited. Why? Because of Jesus Christ. God is bound to favor you. I tell you. How much more they would receive God's overflowing grace, unmerited favor, and the free gift of righteousness, putting them in right standing with himself. How much more shall they reign as kings? In life. They will reign as what? Kings. In other words, poverty will come and they will reign over it. Sickness will come and they will reign over it. Sin will come and they will reign over it. Lack will come and they will rule over it. Yeah. Just as sin reigned through death to destroy, grace is now reigning through righteousness to bring you into life and to give you kingship and rulership everywhere you go. Are you in the church? My environment cannot limit me. Not when God is at work in me. God is at work in me. God is at work in me. Causing me to go where he wants me to go. Causing me to do what he wants me to do. God is at work in me. Yeah, so all you do is to accept that it's a fact. It's a truth. God is working in me. God is, I can say no to that guy. Why? Because God is working in me. Who says that no? God he says, open your mouth wide and I'll fill it. God will fill your mouth. Listen, sit down for a moment. Grace does not mean that God is not at work now. There's, there's what God has done and there's what God is doing. Always remember that. There's what God has done. God has done some things in Christ. Okay? All of that is called grace. Through what he did in Christ. He's done a lot of things. brought you into health. I've told you. He's done all of that. Now, after doing all of that, he didn't leave you alone. He gave you the word of God to study the word. Now, he is around to help you get, get understanding for the word. And he's around to help you put the word in action to put you over. All that is in the grace of God. So, the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Grace. And the Holy Spirit has a present day ministry. There's a present day ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Father did some things in the Old Testament. We know that the Father was the one who was revealed in the Old Testament. God was revealed in the Old Testament, isn't it? In the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, who was revealed? The Word. And his name was called Jesus Christ. And he did the work. When he was leaving, he left us with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is presently doing something here on earth. So he's called the Spirit of Grace. In Hebrews chapter 10, you see it. Okay, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 29. Of how much punishment suppose ye shall be thought worthy who has trodden underfoot the Son of God and has counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he has, he was sanctified an unholy thing and has done despite unto the Spirit of grace. So the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of grace. In other words, he's a spirit that is in charge of distributing grace and making grace work in your life and helping you find out what has happened to you. In other words, God did not do everything and then we got born again, and that was it. Okay, now you find out yourself. No, the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Revelation. He's in your life to reveal to you what has happened. And help you, put you over. What about your challenges? Do you understand what I'm trying to talk about? So yes, God did something, and he's not doing that thing again. God made righteousness available. He's not making it available again. He made it available. So when we say God is not working, that's what we mean. He's not working in Christ anymore. He's not bringing, he, he has done what he's supposed to do. But he has given us his Holy Spirit to help us. Okay? To put us over. Haven't you read where it says that the Spirit himself bears us up? For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Holy Spirit goes to help our infirmities, to help us. 
So when it seems like you can't do it, it's like, this thing is not going to work. Guess what? The Holy Spirit is there. He's called the standby. Do you understand what I'm talking about? He's there to guide you. He's there to lead you. He's there to help you. And help you through life. Make your way through life. So if God is working, he's working through the ministry of the Holy Spirit now. The Bible says that he will guide you into all truth. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He guides you into all, all truth. He's a spirit of grace present in your life to put you over. To make, to help you receive abundance of grace. To open the word of God to you. Because if the Holy Spirit does not open the word to you, you will not see what is going on. Yeah. It will be like a story for you. He's a spirit of what? Revelation. So Paul prays that you might be filled with the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. You might have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. In the Bible, as you open the Bible, revelation will begin to come to you. So that you will know. You will know what is inside the word. You will know that, okay, this is what he has done for me. This is what he has done. The longer you stay in the word, the more the Holy Spirit works on you. Works on your heart. Helps you do your meditation. The Holy Spirit helps us in everything. He's a helper. That's, the Bible calls him the helper. He's a great comforter. He's a spirit that helps you and guides you. So that you can have these things working in you. Now, don't put everything on him. He's helping. He's what? Helping. If I'm carrying this thing, and then you, see, you decide that, oh, I'm coming to help you. Do I leave it for you? We'd carry it together. Even if you are stronger than me, I'll still hold some. And then we'll go, isn't it? He's your helper. You don't leave everything for him. There are people who say that, oh, the Holy Spirit is doing it. God will do it. No. It is you in connection with God. I don't know if you understand. So as you open your Bible, as you study the scriptures, remember the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is helping me understand. He's helping me receive grace. How much more they would receive abundance of grace. And of the gift of righteousness, they shall reign. Sickness cannot have dominion over them. Disease cannot have dominion over them. Sin cannot have dominion over them. Problems and challenges cannot have dominion over them. Failure cannot have dominion over them. Poverty cannot have dominion over them. How? Because they are receiving grace. Abundance of grace. That's how you king in life. By one, Jesus Christ. You king and reign. By Jesus. You king. He didn't say you king on your own. You king by Jesus Christ. Now who is Jesus Christ for us now? Jesus Christ is in us through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Christ in you is actually the Holy Spirit in you. That's what it means. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say I'll never go down in my life. Say it again. I can never go down in my life. So what do you do when sickness knocks on your door? What do you do when sickness knocks on your door? Don't open the door. Tell me, but don't open the door. But if sickness finds its way around you, get a seat. Cola, talabaye. Get a seat and put it down. And tell that disease to sit down. Tell him, sit down, come to talk to you. You start talk by speaking in tongues. Because the one who speaks in a known tongue edifies himself. You start sparking your machine. Then you employ your authority in Christ. Because remember, he has done everything. I'll talk about authority. Our authority in Christ. That's the next thing I'm going to talk about. After these sessions, I'm going to talk about authority. 
spiritual authority. The believer's authority. We have authority. You address it. You don't talk, you don't talk, you don't talk about God because God asked for God, He has done what He's supposed to do with respect to this. He has done everything. Isn't it? He's not going to do something about it. He's already done it. What are you going to do now? You talk to that sickness and say, Listen, brother, you are not staying here. Don't even call him brother. Listen, devil. Mr. Devil, you are not staying here again. This door is closed to you. Come on, get out and never come back. In the name of Jesus, never come back. And it will go and it will never come back into your life. That's what you do. What about poverty? Put him down on that chair. And begin to speak in the language of spirit. What are you doing when you speak in tongues? You are stirring up the giftings and the colors of God in you. You are stirring up the power of God inside you. You are stirring up what God has done in Christ for you. And you address that thing. Get out in the name of the Lord Jesus. Prosperity is mine. The glory of God is what I have. Not sickness, not poverty. See, I'm going forward. Yeah. He's done everything. God has already done it. Tell me about God has already done it. In Christ. He's done it. He's already done it. He's already healed me. He's already made me righteous. I agree with it. Now sometimes it may take a while. I'm going to talk about it. Next week is working on your believing. So it takes a while to agree. But don't worry. Agree anyways. Agree with God's word. Don't let anything or anyone cheat you out of what God has said. And watch yourself reign and king. He says, how much more they will Abundance of grace. Lambano. They take it by faith. They take it by faith with seriousness. So it's not passive. It's not passive at all. These are things that you don't do passively. Grace has made things available. Now you take it actively by faith. By faith. This is what God has done. His word says it. I believe it. And that settles it. You are aggressive along the lines of wrong. When it comes to sinning, doing something foolish, you aggressively, aggressively de- make a demand on, on, on the grace of God that is inside your life. No, I'm dead to sin. This is not me. This is not me. This is not what I was born for. Is this what I was born for? To just be moving around and doing all kinds of foolish things. This is not what I was born for. This is not what I was born for. Sin brings you shame. You can't even talk about it. You can't even talk about it. And very soon, sin, sin will let that shame come out in the open. What will you do when, when that foolishness comes out in the open? And everybody knows. That's what sin wants. It wants to disgrace you. So you tell him, you can't disgrace me. You can't disgrace me. No, no, no. It's over. Me and you, are marriage is over. I'm dead to you. I'm not married to another. I'm married to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a shout. Stand up on your feet and thank him for what they have shared with you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank him, thank him, thank him, thank him. I'm dead to sin. I'm alive to God. The healing of God is working in me. The health of God is working in me. Larabasu, Telebele, Balagasha, Malabai, Rebababa, Andelebe, 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 Rakaso Tonomone, Elo Rababai, Radalaba, Radalaba, Radalaba. Talk to God, talk to God, talk to God. Thank Him, thank Him for what He has done for you. Ah, I 
will never go down. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done in Christ for me. Hey, Lama Tuni guy, follow go, Shenebelebe. I'm dead to send my life to God. I'm dead to sickness. I'm alive to God. I'm alive to healing. I'm dead to poverty. I'm alive to prosperity. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I am animated by the power of God. I am animated by the Holy Ghost. I'm animated by the grace of God. Hey, how much more they rich receive abundance of grace? I receive grace. Receive grace now. Paul said, I labored more abundantly than them all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Receive more grace. For he giveth grace to the humble. He giveth more grace. He giveth more grace. There's something God is giving now. There's something God is giving in this time. It's God's grace. Because he's, we are in a time of grace. We are in a dispensation of grace. We are in a rulership, in authority of grace. Grace is now effective. Grace is now working in my life. Causing me to go where God wants me to go. Causing me to do what God wants me to do. Causing me to live right. Causing me to live right. Receive grace. Receive grace. Receive grace. Receive grace. Receive grace. Receive grace. Lero Palegai. Malo Garabai. Regalabadabi. Melo Gisadabi. Mando Ligeshele. Raka Satanamai. Rebolura Abba. 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 How much more they? Which Lambano Grace? How much more they? Which Lambano Grace? How much more they? Which lay a hold on what God has done in Christ? How much more they? Which lay a hold on what God has done? Hey, but growing grace. Growing grace. And in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you. Through their knowledge. Through their knowledge. Grace is being multiplied unto you. Lero Hobamade. Araka Satalabai. I will go where God wants me to go. I will do what God wants me to do. Because I receive grace. I receive grace. I will not walk in unrighteousness. Blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Hey, not sitting in the way of the sinners. Not standing in the way of the ungodly. But his delight is in the Lord of the Lord. My delight is in the Lord of the Lord. My delight is in the Lord of the Lord. My delight is in the Lord of the Lord. My delight is in the Lord of the Lord. And in it do I meditate day and night. My delight. My delight. Grace. Grace. To see the word. Grace to have the word open up to me. Grace to walk in righteousness. Grace to be led in the path of righteousness. For his name's sake. Yeah. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff they covered me. Thou prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I'm going forward. I'm going forward. I'm advancing. I'm making advances. Sin does not have dominion over me. Grace has 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 dominion over me. I receive the abundance of grace. 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 Father, thank you for your part, the word. Thank you for the ministry of the spirit that is working amongst us today. Thank you that we have received grace to advance, to experience your word practically for our lives, to experience what you have done in Christ for us. We will never go down, we will only advance your glory. Even in Jesus' name. Give the Lord a shout. I said give the Lord a shout. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. 
Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's Word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T Podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in, and enjoy God's Word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless you.